prophet Jeremiah was given a difficult mission. Maybe uh, the most difficult mission of all the Old Testament prophets. The Lord called him to preach repentance. Yes, that's true of all the prophets. But in particular, Jeremiah was to go and warn the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem of the impending destruction of the nation at the hands of the Babylonians, something God was permitting because of their obstinacy, their refusal to repent of their sins. And yet, neither the kings nor the high priests or the people listened to him. And sadly, he lived to see his prophecy fulfilled. He witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem, including the temple, his home, his family, and the exile of the chosen people. Nobody would confuse the book of Jeremiah with uplifting reading. However, a little more than halfway through, there are a few chapters called the Book of Consolation. Here, Jeremiah prophesies of the future, well beyond his lifetime when he foresees a restoration of peace and reconciliation, a reconciliation between God and his people. Our first reading is taken from this Book of Consolation. The Lord says, I will gather them from the ends of the world, with the blind and the lame in their midst. They departed in tears, but I will console them and guide them, for I am a father to Israel. Yes, the Babylonians would defeat Judah, destroy Jerusalem and the temple, and send the people into exile. Yet there was a reason the Lord permitted this evil to befall his people. Part of that reason was to instruct them and us about the need for repentance. And part of it was this. The chosen people's first exile and return would foreshadow a future restoration at the end of the age. A future restoration where there will be a new heaven and a new earth, a new and eternal Jerusalem, the holy city where God dwells with his people, where death and sorrow are no more, and every tear is wiped away. We'll talk about this ultimate restoration in a bit, but for now, let's turn to the Gospels. You know, when we look at the Gospels in general, we see that the restoration of Israel is one of the central themes of Christ's ministry. Jesus chooses 12 apostles, 12 new patriarchs, if you will, of the restored 12 tribes of Israel. In our gospel, the beggar Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. You know, son of David is a messianic name. Bartimaeus is recognizing that Jesus is this great Messiah King, long-awaited Messiah King, who is bringing about the restoration of the prophets like Jeremiah foretold. The irony, though, is that Bartimaeus, a man physically blind, can see the truth that many people with sight cannot. That Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah King and God incarnate. And he's rewarded for this faith. Jesus tells him, go your way, your faith has saved you. And immediately Bartimaeus' sight is restored. However, he does not go on his way. Instead, our gospel concludes with Bartimaeus following Jesus on the way, on pilgrimage to Jerusalem, 
to what will be Jesus' final pilgrimage to the holy city. Bartimaeus wants to be a part of this restored kingdom of Israel. A restored kingdom that we are privileged to live in. We are living in the age of the church, the new Israel, the restored kingdom of God. Christ founded this restored kingdom, the church, upon the apostles, upon the rock of St. Peter, and it's through the sacraments, namely baptism, that we are ordinarily brought into this restored kingdom. I mean, after all, Jesus said to his apostles, the kingdom of God was already in their midst, meaning 2,000 years ago. This kingdom of truth and life, holiness and grace, justice, love and peace was present in the church, the assembly of believers, which was entrusted to the 12 apostles, the 12 patriarchs of the restored 12 tribes of Israel, and handed on to their successors down to today. However, our daily experience in the world is a far cry from those adjectives describing the restored kingdom of God. We live in a world that sees truth as something we can remake however we want, that we can decide for ourselves what is true or false, good or evil. We live in a world that blatantly violates the sanctity of human life, and we live in a nation where not an insignificant number of people want to present abortion as health care, as a so-called right. And of course, we see war, we see poverty, injustice, strife, division, suffering, and death. Even in the church, we've seen scandal after scandal these past two decades, as well as infighting, division, and confusion more recently. This is the restored kingdom God promised? Yes, it is. But his kingdom is not yet in its fullness. To live in the age of the church is to live in the already but not yet. The restoration has begun, but its completion is to come in the future, at the end of the age. And we catch a glimpse of this already but not yet dynamic in our responsorial psalm which speaks of Judah's return from exile. The chosen people's exile is not forever. God does not abandon them. Eventually, he brings them back to the promised land, to Jerusalem, and they begin construction of the second temple. However, although the psalmist recognizes the great things the Lord has done in bringing his people back from the ends of the earth, still he asks, Restore our fortune, O Lord, as torrents in the southern desert. Yes, the Lord has brought his people back to Jerusalem. He has done great things for them. Yet now they were poor and destitute and surrounded by hostile foes. Eventually, they would find themselves conquered and under the thumb of the Roman Empire. Yet the psalmist doesn't despair. Rather, he knows that God will be faithful to his promise. He will, through the Messiah, restore the kingdom of God and one day bring that restoration to completion. The psalmist trusted in the Lord and so must we. In fact, we must make the words of Bartimaeus our own. Domine ut videam, Lord, that I might see. Lord, that I might see with the eyes of faith that your providence is at work at history, working 
towards the completion of the restoration of your kingdom. Domine ut videam, Lord, that I might see with the eyes of faith that your providence is at work in the sufferings and hardships that we all deal with in our lives to one degree or another. Domine ut videam, Lord, that I might see with the eyes of faith and thus be enabled to persevere on this pilgrimage of the Christian life, to persevere in following Jesus along the way until one day we arrive at the kingdom of God in its fullness and glory and we dwell in the holy city, the new and eternal Jerusalem. Domine ut videam, Lord, that I might see. As we continue with Mass, let us pray for the grace to see with the eyes of faith and to hope in the God who always keeps his promises, for he cannot deceive nor be deceived.